So how come your remedies for being so exhausted don't work? What is the root cause? Does it have a work cause? Methinks it does. We'll break it down. What you can do about it to finally work with energy. Helping you win in your work life so that you're winning in the rest of your life. This is the Ken Coleman Show. So excited for you. Recent research found that chronic fatigue is the main reason for up to 20% of all primary care visits to the doctor. Wow, I would have thought it would have been higher, but I'm not a doctor. So many people talking about being tired at work. And if you're tired at work, that's only going to add to how tired you are when you aren't at work. Being exhausted in the workday, regardless of the source, is never good because only more exhaustion will happen as a result of the focus, the effort that you must give during the workday. So I want to talk about remedies for exhaustion that actually you shouldn't be using. We've got to get to the point in our lives if we're serious about growth. And this show is all about maxing out your professional potential so that you max out your personal potential. That's what the show is about. I believe you were created to work. Not because you have to, but because you want to, because you want to make a difference. You want to make your mark in the world. That's what I believe. And we have so many people that are walking around exhausted and stressed out. It's in the workplace all the time. Burnout, physical exhaustion. I read about it all the time. Constantly coming across my desk. We talk about it on the show all the time. But I think we forget that fatigue and exhaustion are symptoms. They aren't the problem. But because of the way it makes us feel, mental tiredness, physical tiredness, exhaustion, stress. We just think we want to treat the exhaustion instead of getting to the source. Now, I, I, I've told you folks that I, I've got a new sports obsession. I've, I've been playing a lot of golf, trying to get better at golf, but I was introduced to pickleball recently, and I must tell you, it has completely captured my heart. Uh, golf must be jealous. Uh, I'm playing more pickleball right now than I am golf, and I found it to be a lot of fun. Now, it is much more physically taxing. And so far, so good. I'm blessed. Uh, I will turn uh, 49 this week. And I don't feel 49. I, uh, I, I'm i pretty active, and I don't have any kind of injuries yet. But I will tell you that I'm not speaking from a place of pride. I'm speaking from a place of expectation. If I keep playing pickleball a lot, I'm telling you something is going to start to hurt. All right, so whether it's my back uh, or something on my legs, when that happens, and it will happen, what am I going to do? What I'm going to do is, is I'm going to go see a professional. And I'm going to say, my back hurts or my neck hurts. And so what do they do? They pinpoint it. I recently had a, a, a pinched nerve. I don't even think I told you this, Alex. I was a little embarrassed by it. Did I tell you this? I didn't tell you. It's because my pride was hurt more than the pinched nerve. But I had a pinched nerve for about three and a half, four weeks. And uh, it was going down my arm, very, very painful. And then my my left forefinger was completely numb. And it was tingling all the time. Very distressing. And and I, I didn't do anything about it right away, but I finally went to my chiropractor. And so what did my chiropractor do? My chiropractor said, all right, we've got to take some x-rays. And I'm going to do some stretching. I'm going to do some, some uh, pressure points. We're going to try to figure out where this is coming from most likely based on what the nerve is doing 
We think it's coming from C5. And so they went about figuring out where was the pinched nerve, and they figured out where it was. It was in C5 over here on my neck, and so they began a treatment plan to fix it. And I can tell you today, it's very exciting, no pain, no numbness. So just as true of us when we've got pain somewhere physically, we don't worry about treating the symptom. We worry about treating the cause. If I want the nerve to repair, then we've got to figure out what, is it a disc? Is it muscle? What's going on? What's causing the nerves to be compressed? And so we did. So we've got to look at the issues of exhaustion at work. And I'm going to point out to you, I'm no doctor, but if I was going to be a doctor, I would be a work doctor because I've talked to over 7,000 people over the last several years that want to leave, that aren't happy at work. So I'm going to tell you there are two main causes of exhaustion at work. So if you're exhausted or you have a, a family member or a friend who's exhausted, you need to forward this podcast to them or this YouTube clip because this will help them. The two sources always are, number one, I'm overworked, or number two, I'm underappreciated. Let me say it again. The two causes of exhaustion in the workplace, number one, overworked. Number two, underappreciated. One is a little bit more physical in nature. The other, much more emotional in nature. They have shared attributes and shared causes. But it's very important that we understand, just like in a physical injury, we've got to lock in. We've got to zoom in on the actual source of my exhaustion. Am I overworked? Am I underappreciated? And I know some of you right now are beginning to say to me, however you're listening or watching, I'm both. I'm both. And let me tell you something. I want to set you free as we break this down today. Let's first start with this. You can't grin and bear this. It's an old phrase. Probably comes from my grandparents' generation. I haven't looked it up. It was an old phrase. Just grin and bear it. And it looks like gritting to me. It looks like those old John Wayne movies I used to watch with my granddaddy. And John Wayne would inevitably get shot in this movie, whether by an arrow or a bullet. And they'd have to dig it out of him. You remember that? And they would take a bottle of whiskey and they would pour it on the wound. And they would give him a stick with some nasty cloth wrapped around it. And he, what he would do, he would go, and he would just bite down as they dug it out. But some of you are going through the workplace, and that is essentially what you're doing mentally and emotionally. You can't keep doing that. Just do that. Just do that right there. And Nathan's having a blast with that. He's going to turn that into something I'm sure that'll show up and make fun of me. But that's the idea. And just think about everything that's going on there. You can't keep that up. So the hidden issues. Overworked. You're stressed to the point of exhaustion. Underappreciated. You're hurt to the point of exhaustion. You cannot deal with that kind of stress and that kind of hurt. Make no mistake, it hurts to be passed over. It hurts to be overlooked. It hurts. There's so much talk about mental health today in the workplace, but can I just tell you, let's just talk about emotional health. Uh, to me, the emotional health will lead to certain mental health issues. And some of you out there, you want more. You've raised your hand. Hey, I want to do more. I believe I can do more. And you're being overlooked. Some of you don't have a voice. And you've begun to feel 
that you don't matter. This is dangerous stuff. So how do you diagnose and cure the real issue behind being overworked and underappreciated? Simple. You've got to do the hard work of self-reflection. And this is why so many people will just try to grin and bear it. They would rather deal with the pain. Watch. They would rather deal with the pain of being overworked and unappreciated than deal with the pain of acknowledging, I've allowed some of this to happen. Or I'm going to have to have some difficult conversations in order to remove this. So coming up, we're going to do a deep dive. I'm going to help you see what's behind being overworked and underappreciated and how you deal with it. I'm here for you. Don't you move a muscle. Hey, I want you to stop right now and just listen to this. I want you to imagine life four months from now, but you're actually making a starting salary of $75,000. Bethel Tech has a front-end web development micro-credential that you can earn in just 15 weeks for only $5,000. Coding skills are in high demand right now, and you learn them in less than four months. So whether you want to level up your career and salary or you've always wanted to be in tech, you can get started on Bethel Tech's front-end web development micro-credential or a data science micro-credential, another hot field. Now's the time. Let's go. The next class actually is right around the corner. March 18th is when it starts, and Bethel Tech is going to offer you, as a Ken Coleman Show listener, 10% off. So go to BethelTech.net slash Ken Coleman for details. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome back to the Ken Coleman Show. I got to tell you, that music makes me want to do the Carlton, uh, but I'm not going to do it. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a dad to uh, three teenagers, and i constantly reminded how cringy I am. <laughs> oh, anybody ever wants to know if, if, if public figures like me or whatever you want to call us get a big head? The answer is no, because I have three teenagers that don't give a crap about anything that I do. Uh, and anything I do in the home is generally met with ridicule. And uh, I thought it was just me until I talked to my other friends who have teenagers, and I realized, oh. By the way, any of you parents of teens that experience that, do you remember doing that to your kids? I mean, to your parents? I don't. I don't remember doing that. Uh, so anyway, interesting enough. Oh, hey, listen, if you're enjoying the show via YouTube, would you help us spread the news? You can do that by liking the video you're watching, subscribing to the channel, and then sharing. Then if you're on your favorite podcast platform, would you follow us? And give us a five-star review and share as well. Okay, we're going to talk about, so how do we diagnose what's behind being overworked? How do I really get to the source of why I'm overworked and why I feel underappreciated? Here we go. We're going to have to reflect. We're going to have to dig. I'm going to walk you through how to dig. So if you're feeling, I want to talk to those of you who feel overworked. You're overworked. You know you're overworked. I really want to help you specifically. Right now, here we go. First question you have got to ask is, am I saying yes too much? Uh-oh. Just because your boss is piling on to you doesn't mean the boss is a jerk. Doesn't mean the boss is completely clueless. You might be saying, yes, I'll have more potatoes, please. Splat on the plate it goes. It's possible. It's possible. Are you saying yes too much? Because I know this to be true. We human beings 
just kind of by nature, there's a few freakazoids like me out there that enjoy good confrontation. I do. I enjoy good, healthy confrontation. doesn't bother me at all. I love asking questions. I love saying I don't understand. I don't have a problem with that. But I know a lot of people do. And so if you do, you may need to learn how to start having a conversation with your leader about boundaries. It doesn't mean that you go in like a little snowflake and go, I can't do the job. It just means you go in and say, hey, listen, here's where we're at. This has come my way. This has come my way. This has come my way. And I need your advice as my leader. I need your insight as to what are our top priorities. I'm spinning this plate, this plate, this plate, this plate. I said yes. I realized I said yes. And I may have bitten off more than I can chew. See, that's a mature response. Now, if that's met with uh, immaturity, if it's met with insensitivity, uh uh-oh, we got ourselves a really bad leader. And so this is a now a yellow to reddish flag, okay? But that's how we got to handle it. But some of you haven't even gotten that far because you're afraid of that confrontation and you're saying yes too much. So what's the prescription? The conversation and ask for boundaries and set the boundaries. And you, my friend, need to stick with the boundaries. Have you raised your hand? Maybe it wasn't you saying yes. Maybe someone left. We saw a lot of this coming out of the pandemic. People left during the Great Resignation, and so leaders were stuck themselves. They had to take more on, and so they handed more on. So so have you raised your hand just to say, I need help. I need help. Is your boss drowning? I got news for you. If your boss is drowning, they're going to pull you under. They're going to pull you under. You never see a lifeguard go out to rescue someone in the ocean or the pool if they don't have their flotation device because the worst thing you can do is go try to help someone who's panicking, who's drowning. What are they going to do? They're going to reach out, grab you, pull you under. So if, in fact, you can't set boundaries because your leader won't allow you to, won't work with you, if your leader won't pull things off your plate once you say, you know what, I'm I'm literally drowning. Help, help, help. If they won't help, can't help because they're drowning, you need to find another place. It's not going to get better. It's not going to get better. Now let's talk about those of you who are feeling underappreciated, overlooked, rejected. we got to reflect on why. Do you feel underpaid? Is, it a, is that the big source of it? You show me a person who knows they're underpaid. We get these calls all the time. It's the worst call I take because there's not much I can do about it. But they have somehow found out that a coworker who uh, may be the same qualification level, maybe they came in less time, and they're making more money. They find out it is, it's just brutal. There's nothing I can do to fix that because that's the ultimate wound. You are, We are creatures of comparison. I don't care how many people on social media go, don't compare yourself to others. It's bad. I, I get it. I agree. But it's impossible on, on some level. And so when you find that information out, it's devastating. Now, don't soak in the comparison. But let me just tell you, that's part of what's wrong with our society. By the way, this is a little quick rant alert. You know, all this don't compare yourself. You're special. Let me just tell you something. I grew up playing sports. You can't help but compare yourself. You know why? Because you're freaking trying out to make the team. And it's pretty obvious that this guy hits the ball farther than I do. It's pretty freaking obvious he's a better shooter than me. (laughs) So you know what I learned? I better find something that I can add to the team. I better find something that I can do better. And you know what I could do better? Play defense. I could pass the ball better. 
Did that make me feel bad about myself? No, it made me freaking tougher. So there's a little commercial. Hey, parents, well, I'm not done with this. Let me just tell you something. You got to help your kids see where they're unique. They are comparing themselves, and they're going to compare themselves because if you are going after anything in life on purpose, guess what? You are in a competition. And you know what competition does by the very nature of competition? It compares people. That's why there's a scoreboard. At the end of the game, there's a comparison. You were great. You guys sucked. That's the comparison. I mean, at some point, all right, back to my notes. So research the average salary for your position, someone of your training and experience. See where you stand. Are you on the low, medium, or high side? This is the this is what we do here. If we're feeling underappreciated, let's go get some facts and let's not let's just sit with our feelings. Am I in fact underpaid? Next. Do you feel like you've been passed over, over and over again? What's the prescription here? you got to sit down with your leader and go, I would like to craft a growth plan with you. What do you think I need to add to my tool belt? Where can I get better in the areas that I'm already working in? Can we begin to uh, allow me to get some training here? Can I go do this here? If I do so, will that move me up? How will we measure my results? Will that turn into more compensation? Folks, these are adult conversations. Have them. Are you not getting affirmation from your leader? This, to me, is the number one source of what I hear and what I see of men and women who feel overlooked. They can't remember the last time their leader looked at them and said, hey, you are doing a really good job here. I see it. We feel it. We appreciate it. doesn't happen. Something happens to most managers and leaders. They forget that we're all, including them, they are little boys and little girls who still look for approval. Do I matter? Do you see me? Do you hear me? This still matters. When that void is not met, it's a human need, by the way. When it's not met, people begin to stick their own message in there. My boss hasn't told me I'm doing a good job. Maybe I'm not doing a good job. It's a downward spiral that happens quickly. So what do you do? You got to add value where you can. And let's just see, is it broken or am I not adding enough value? Is my leader broken or am I not adding enough value? I've got to always be looking back at me. Make a list of everything that you do well. Are you allowing yourself the conversation to say, I spend most of my time over here, over here, over here, and it's not really what I do best. What I do best is over here. So based on all these things, here's what I want you to understand. Feeling overworked and being overworked, feeling underappreciated and actually being underappreciated. Let's get to the root cause. Are these things true? Guess what? A vacation doesn't fix it. Those are Band-Aids. Those are painkillers. If you address it and your leader will not address it, it's time for you to find a better environment where you're not overworked and you're not underappreciated. Life is too short. Move on. Welcome 
Welcome back to the Ken Coleman Show, helping you win at work so that you're winning in life. If you are feeling stuck, not sure what options you should take, you're unclear, uncertain, or maybe you're just lacking confidence, you've got this thing in your heart that says, I want to go here, but you're just not sure if it's the right move. I've got a resource for you. It's called the Get Clear Assessment. It's an awareness tool that measures what you do best. It's your talent. It measures what you love to do. We're talking about work here, work that you really enjoy. That's passion. And then it reveals to you what motivates you. What results in the area of work motivate me? It answers those questions and puts it together in a purpose statement that allows you then to get the clarity you need to be confident to move forward. That's what this tool is. It's an awareness tool that gives you clarity confidence and courage you can get it at kencoleman.com slash assessment kencoleman.com slash assessment let's go to richfield utah for a coaching session with dalton dalton you're on the ken coleman show hey ken how's it going i'm living the dream what are you doing <laughs> well i wish i could answer that hopefully we're gonna help we're gonna help what's going on all right uh, i just want to start by saying i'm a big fan i uh, listen you. to you quite a bit along with the rest of the ramsey show a um, little bit of background I'm 26, father of four. Uh, three of them are triplets. So wow, you know, there's a little little chaos on both sides. Yeah, um, I'm currently at a job where I am the sole employee at this power plant that's uh, remotely managed from another state. Wow, that sounds and, like a scene from a James Bond movie. You know, like the guy way <laughs> out there on the on the on the Siberian you know front or something. That's what I'm picturing. You're you're like one employee of a power plant. Right, with all the screens around. And all yeah, that I told I, yeah, that's what I got in my head right now. All right. Yep, so I'm pretty much the only one left. Uh, we had three, and then the other two uh, parted ways. Um, and there's been a – my question is, how do I ask about a promotion without sounding entitled or disgruntled, and is it even worth sticking around and basically seeing if it's going to happen? Well, we got two questions there. And I want kind to fo- part, yeah. yeah, I like that. I want to focus on the second question first. And and I'm right. going to tell you what I heard. You tell me if I'm right or not. Here's what I heard. Okay. I heard a guy that was like, I don't even worth it. Is this, a, is this even worth it? Like, st- is it worth even sticking around to see if it'll happen? I mean, you just have lost all hope in the in your leadership. Is that true or false? Yeah. Why? Essentially, yeah. Why? What has happened? What have they done that makes you think, even if I give you great advice on asking for a promotion, that it would even have a snowball's chance and you know what of happening? So they've uh, they've kind of dangled that metaphorical carrot for, oh, I'd say five or six months now. Okay. Um, and about three months ago, we all received word. Um, we're a big a pretty big power company. We have several technologies. Mine is geothermal and we received word that they were going to be selling the geothermal technologies. Okay. So everything came to a screeching halt. Okay. That uh, that sounds legitimate to me. Does it sound legitimate to you as to why they haven't gotten back to you? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And we did the tour with the prospective buyers and stuff and showed them around. And, uh, would you, I mean, would a promotion, where would that take you? Uh, into more of a, to, to put it bluntly, it would 
it would compensate me for the things that I'm doing now as the sole employee. Uh-huh. But would you, you wouldn't title, stay there by yourself, would you? You wouldn't move into a different plant or what? No, I would stay at this plant, um, and in the way they talked, it would allow more room for us to actually get some other people on here, and I would essentially have my own yeah. my own team. So, so at the, a level. right. So they've dangled this for five or six months, and so you asking for a promotion. I don't actually think you need to ask for it because I think it's already been discussed. So now it's just a hey, guys, when are we making a decision on this? They need to know that there's some humble angst inside of you. Does that make sense? Yeah, and I've asked a few times, but it's always been coming back to, well, we don't know if we're getting sold. We don't know if we're getting sold. We can't can't okay. do anything till we find out, and it's all went quiet. Do you believe that to be true? Because I, I could accept that on the surface. That would make sense. Um, they may not promote someone while there's a, a purchase that is impending in, in, in or whatever. I could see that uh, making sense. Do you believe them when they tell you that? I do on the front end of it, but when it comes to anything else um, involving uh, personnel, business, whatever, they just say business as usual until we find out if the sale is happening. And again, that's been three months. Yeah. And are you still no are you willing to offer. wait? This is about you now. So when you ask me, is it worth it? This is an, a question that I cannot answer. I'm willing to walk through it with you. So here it is. Are you willing to wait? And if you are, how long before you go, all right, that's it. I'm good with this amount of time. I'm not good with this amount of time. Where, where does that where does that put you? I guess we really haven't thought of how long yet. You need to. Everybody's got a breaking point. Everybody's got a walk away time. So you right. get to choose. It's not it's not Ken Coleman's choice. It's Dalton's choice. I can't choose that. You got to choose it. That's what I would do. If I'm in your situation, I'd tell the guys, "Hey guys, I know you. I know where we stand. Do you all have an idea where we are on this purchase? Because I need to know. I need to know. And if you say you don't know, I won't ask again. And let them feel yeah. a little bit of your angst. That's humble. You're not dropping any uh, threats out. None of that. You're just saying, "Look, I I, I want to know what you know as it relates to when will we know if this company is going to be sold or not." And if you don't have any idea at all, that's fine. I'll never ask. But I certainly, I would certainly ask that. Then you have to say to yourself, how much time do I need to find another gig? And uh, and you can run through that and go, okay, I think it might take me three, four months at the most. Maybe I'd find something within a month. Well, whatever that is. That's what I would be doing. And I would let that amount of time be the number for me to go, all right, I think it's going to take me this much time and I'm looking for something else. If while I'm looking for something else, this gets resolved and they come back to me and they make me a really good offer, then I'm going to sit. But I'm not sitting and waiting anymore. I'm going to go looking. And while I'm waiting, I'm looking. And I think that's the most mature. I also think it's the I think it's the best strategy too. Because if something pops up, you can say to those guys, "Hey guys, I got an offer and I'm seriously considering it, but I at least wanted to bring it to you because I know we've been in discussions. If you can move on this, great. If you can't, let me know. Now, what's keeping you okay. from doing that? What's keeping you from look looking? They keep uh, pushing the deadline. 
So the original plan uh, back in April when they discussed the sale was if we have no word by June, we're going to do a, a reorganization. And then, you yeah, know, but that's not, promotion. But that's not good enough for me. I think you should be looking today. When you hang up the phone with me, you start looking. Agreed or disagreed? Right. I have looked, and I had... Good. Keep looking. I have another one on the line, but good. I was uh, curious on how to approach them without sounding like I'm, you know, fed up or entitled to something that just don't don't tell them you're fed up just say hey here's my reality my particular station we've lost people and i don't know what's happening with the company i know it's a potential sale but we've lost a lot of people i'm a lone ranger and i was on a growth plan prior to this that's very positive that doesn't sound like somebody who's entitled or griping about his current employer yes or no no great no, it doesn't. Dalton, you control the narrative. You control your posture, your attitude, all of that. So I would just talk about it very positive. Say, hey, I'm in a situation where my company might get sold, and who knows what's going to happen on the other end of a, of a of a sale. And people understand that. It doesn't make you look flaky. People go, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. You say it like that, they'll be like, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you could get let go. You know, you never know. And you don't know. You know, I was on the other end of one of those one time. I, uh, I was working for John Maxwell. Legendary leadership dude. Guy sells his company. Me and four of the guys laid off three days later by the new owners. <laughs> it was the nicest wow. layoff I'd ever have. They were like, man, we really, really admire you and blah, 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 blah. And we, we just have someone that runs your position and we got to be loyal to them. I'm sure you understand that. We just don't need you guys. And I was like, yeah, I get it. When you want me out. And then I left. You got this, Dalton. Choose your path. Thanks for listening to The Ken Coleman Show. For more, you can find the show on demand wherever you listen to podcasts and watch the show on YouTube. You can also find Ken across all social media by following at Ken Coleman.